Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. You can go to the little support tab at the top. There's options to donate or uh, Patreon subscription or snail mail. And I just want to take a minute to thank the Patreon subscribers uh, who've just helped make this show possible year after year after year, month after month after month with your generosity. And I'm very humbled that uh, there are people who are willing to support this work uh, to get the gospel out around the world, uh, to share the truth of God's word. And uh, I'm grateful for you. Uh, you know, very few usually support uh, things like this. And uh, so my uh, my thanks goes out to those um, who do do that. So thank you so much. Today, we are resuming our study in uh, 1 Samuel. We're actually ready for chapters 14 and 15 today. 14 deals with this story about uh, Jonathan kind of going out and and doing this, uh, I guess you would call it, uh, he has this great victory. And then it's followed by, the, it's followed by Saul saying, no one's allowed to eat. And of course they all grow kind of weary as they're, uh, engaging in this battle. And then the, uh, the issue, this issue where Jonathan, his son eats some honey. He didn't know about this command that Saul gave. Then we get to chapter 15. And then we deal with like the final straw for Saul's kingdom as far as in the eyes of God. Because we he has the direct commandment to eliminate all um, all the people of Amalek. Amalek um, and the Amalekites. And he doesn't quite follow through with that. And, you know, he has an excuse that seems okay, uh, but it's it's not in the eyes of God. And so that is kind of the end of it all. Doesn't mean that his kingdom ends in that moment, but that's, you know, where the final word is given. You know what, this is going to be taken, this kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to someone else. Um, and then we'll talk about that as we get to it. So that's what's on the agenda for this morning. I just pray that you'll be blessed by this. I know that this is, these books are historical. Sometimes they're exciting and sometimes they're not. Um, just depends on what your taste is. But I pray that because it's the Word of God, that it'll speak to your heart in some way and that you will be blessed this morning. Now, without further delay, let's dig right in. I'm going to be reading from the King James Bible. 1 Samuel chapters 14 and 15. Verse 1. Now, it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan the son of Saul said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side, but he hold not to his father. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah, under a promagamet tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about six hundred men. And Ahiah, the son of Ahitub, Achabad's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passage, by the way, Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, 
there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Buzzes, Bozes, and the name of the other was Sine. The forefront of one was Situt northward, over against Mishkamash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work with us, work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thy heart, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say to us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hands, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, Behold, and the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor-bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto the armor-bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And his armor-bearer slew after him. And the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men, within, as it were, a half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. And it was trembling in the hosts of the field, and among the people, the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked, so it was a very great trembling. Alright, so we have Jonathan and his armor bearer, and Jonathan decides he's going to go into this garrison and just take these guys on by himself. Well, well him and his armor bearer. And he just kind of makes the point, hey... You know, God is with me, with us, whether there's a few of us, meaning two of us, or whether there's many of us. So let's go do this thing. And his armor bearer, who's just full of courage, by the way, is like, whatever you say, let's do this. And they go in and they slaughter 20 Philistines. And they basically took over an area that was about an acre. Or a half acre of land. And... Because they slaughtered these 20, it caused a great trembling amongst the Philistines. Let's continue on. Of course, his father, Saul, at this point, and the rest of the army has no idea that this is going on. Verse 15, or 16. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away. And he went on beating down one another. Then said Saul unto the people that were with him, Number now, and see who has gone from us. And when they had numbered, behold, Jonathan and his armor-bearer were not there. And Saul said unto Aha, Bring hither the ark of God, for the ark of God was at that time with the children of Israel. And it came to pass, while Saul talked to the priest, that the noise that was in the host of the Philistines went on and increased. And Saul said unto the priest, Withdraw thy hand. And Saul and the other people that were with him assembled themselves, and they came to the battle. And behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfort, discom, 
future. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves in the Mount Ephraim, when they heard the Philistines fled, even they also hard after them in battle. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto Beth Haven. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had adjured the people, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food unto evening, that I may be avenged on my enemies. So none of the people tasted any food. And all they of the land came to a wood, and there was honey upon the ground. And when the people were coming to the wood, behold, the honey dropped, but no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put forth the end of a rod that was in his hand, and he dipped it in the honeycomb, and put his hand to his mouth, and his eyes were enlightened. Then answered one of the people and said, Thy father straightly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Then Jonathan then said Jonathan, My father hath troubled the land. See, I pray you, how my eyes have been enlightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more, if haply the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies which they had found? For had there not been now a much greater slaughter among the Philistines? So Jonathan's, Jonathan's making the argument, Hey, if we had eaten, wouldn't we have done a better job in this fight? The point, the point he's making is everybody's faint from the fast that's been ordained by Saul. And then look at me, I've eaten some honey and I'm feeling great. That's basically what he's saying. Verse 31. And they smote the Philistines that day from Michmash to Ajalon, from Ajalon, and the people were very faint. And the people flew upon the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slew them on the ground, and the people did eat them with the blood Okay, so now we've got a situation where the people have gotten so hungry, so famished from war and not being allowed to eat because of the decree of Saul, that now they've slaughtered some cattle along the way, and now they're just eating it raw, which obviously is against the law of God. You're not allowed to eat the blood. By the way, that's not just an Old Testament concept. You need to go check out Acts chapter 15. It is still a concept that is even for Christians today, that you are not to eat the blood. Moving forward. Verse 33. Then they told Saul, saying, Behold, the people sin against the Lord, and that they eat with the blood. And he said, Ye have transgressed, roll a great stone unto me this day. And Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people, and say unto them, Bring me hither every man his ox, and every man his sheep, and slay them here, and eat, and sin not against the Lord, in eating with the blood. And all the people brought every man his ox with him that night, and slew them there. And Saul built an altar unto the Lord, and the name of the first altar that he built unto the Lord. And the same was the first altar that he built unto the Lord. Verse 36, And Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night, and spoil them into morning light, and let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Then said the priest, 
Let us draw near hither unto God. And Saul asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will thou deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he answered him not that day. And Saul said, Draw ye hither all the chief of the people, and know and see wherein the sin hath been this day. For as the Lord liveth, which saveth Israel, through it be, and Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But there was not a man among all the people that answered him. Then said he unto all Israel, Be ye on one side, and I and Jonathan my son will be on the other side. And the people said unto Saul, Do what seemeth good unto thee. Therefore, therefore Saul said unto the Lord God of Israel, Give a perfect lot. And Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. Alright, so what's going on is Saul's not getting an answer from God about what to do if they should go down and fight the Philistines again in the morning. And when he doesn't get an answer, he thinks he assumes there must be a sin, and that is what's causing God to withhold, with, withhold from him. And so he's trying to figure out who sinned. The people won't tell him. So him and Jonathan are on one side, and the people are on the other side, and he casts a lot and prays, and the lot falls to his side, meaning one of them is the guilty party. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what thou hast done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but taste a little honey with the end of a rod that was in my hand, and lo, I must die. And Saul answered, God, do so, and more also, for thou shalt surely die, Jonathan. So what's interesting is Saul's like, yeah, you, to his own son, yep, you have to die because you disobeyed. Now, of course, Jonathan didn't disobey God. God didn't say to do this. He disobeyed the king. Verse 45, And the people said unto Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel? God forbid, as the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he hath wrought with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, that he died not. So Saul was going to go ahead and have his own son killed for his disobedience. But the people intervened and said, no, that would be wrong. The reason why we had victory today was because of Jonathan. Verse 46. Then Saul went up from following the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. So Saul took the kingdom over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab and against the children of Ammon and against Edom and against the king of Zobah and against the Philistines. And whithersoever he turned himself, he vexed them. And he gathered a host, and smote the Amalekites, and delivered Israel out of the hands of them that spoiled them. Now the sons of Saul were Jonathan, and Ishui, and Melechi Shua, and the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn, Merab, and the name of the younger, Michal. And the name of Saul's wife was Ahino, Ahinoam, and the daughter of Ahimaaz, and the name of the captain of the host was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. And Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abel. And there was sore war against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or valiant man, he took him unto him. So that's chapter 14. And uh, now we're going to read chapter 15, and we're going to see this basically fall of Saul. But remember, 
just because the curse is pronounced upon him doesn't mean it happens at that very moment. Um, but we're going to see what the issue was. And I'll just tell you up front, the issue is, he was supposed to kill all the Amalekites. But instead, he kept back some of the choice, and not just all the Amalekites, it's very clear that he's to destroy even the cattle and, and livestock and all that. Like, there's to be nothing left. They were to be completely blotted out. And this goes back to a curse from a long, long time ago. Okay? If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17 through 19, here's what God says. Remember that Amalek did unto, what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt. How he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. So there was a point, there was an issue after they had come out of Egypt where Amalek had attacked Israel and smote them and did some damage to them and took advantage of the fact that they were faint and weary and Amalek did not fear God. Now, Amalek, they were basically, the Amalekites were descendants of Esau, okay? Back to Deuteronomy, verse 19. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thy enemies round about, in the land in which the Lord God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, and thou shalt not forget it. So God tells the Israelites, when they're still in the wilderness, hey, there's going to come a time when you're in the land, and you have rest, at that point you are to blot out the remembrance of Melech, of Melech for what he did to you guys when you came out of Egypt. Okay? So this isn't just some random willy-nilly gods, you know, having them do some random slaughter. There's a purpose for this slaughter. The Amalekites were judged, and now the time has come for them to, in a sense, pay the piper. Okay, and then I've got another thing to share with you in regards to that once we get into the story. So let's go ahead and start chapter 15. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together, and numbered them in Tilim, two hundred thousand footmen and ten thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek, and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until the comest to Shur that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag the king of the Amalekites alive 
and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was good, and would, utter, and would utter, not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed utterly. So Saul decides, I'm going to do what I want. So he, he spares the king. He spares all the good things that he found useful, like all the good cattle, all the good sheep, and all the good goods, and then everything that he didn't like, he went ahead and destroyed. So he just completely disobeys what God had commanded, what God had ordained back during the time of the Exodus. This was Saul's moment to fulfill this judgment that was pronounced upon the Melech all the way back in the book of Deuteronomy. And he fails to do it. He does his own thing. Verse 10. Then, you know what? I should go ahead and point out the other thing real quick. As a result of this, I want you to look at the day that Saul dies. Him and his son Jonathan. You see it in the book of 2 Samuel. And it says, Now it came to pass, after the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites. And David had abode two days in Ziglag. Long story short, they're in war. Jonathan dies. And then Saul falls on his own sword as a result of that. So Jonathan and Saul die that day. Here's what's really strange. This young man that's talking to David. Let's just, I know we gotta take the, we got to take the time to read six or seven verses here. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David had abode two days in Ziglag. And it came to pass on the third day, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and the earth upon his head. And so it was, when he came to David, he fell on the earth and did obstinance. And David said unto him, From whence comest thou? And he said to them, Out of the camp of Israel I am escaped. And David said unto him, How went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered, That the people are fled from battle, and many of the people also are fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. And David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan his son be dead? And the young man had told him and said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gil Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and the horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me, and he called to me, and he answered, Here I am. And I answered, Here I am. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. And he said unto me again, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me. For anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole with me. So I stood upon him, and I slew him, because I was sure that he could not live after he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head, and the bracelet that was on his arm, and brought them to you. So they're in this war, and here we have this Amalekite that technically f finishes Saul's death. Saul's fallen on his sword, and he's unable... You know, it didn't kill him right away, and he's basically asking this guy to put him out of his misery. And he finds out the guy's an Amalekite. Not to mention they're at war with the Amalekites, which they would not be. Had Saul obeyed God to begin with. 
So you see, our disobedience, while it may seem insignificant in the moment, comes with consequences later on down the road. We could follow that rabbit hole for a while, but we're not going to. We got to finish up here. Verse 10, Then came the word of the Lord unto Saul, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul, come to Carmel. And behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the lowering of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thy own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore? Then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and I have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took spoil of the sheep and the oxen and the chief things, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgag, in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Listen to this. And stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Samuel saying, disobedience is just as bad as witchcraft. Stubbornness is the same iniquity as idolatry. He's saying, God doesn't want your sacrifices as much as he wants you just to do what he says. And because you didn't, the Lord is now rejecting you as king. Ten more verses. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I have feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And Samuel turned about to go away. He laid upon the skirt of his mantle and rent it. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. 
And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of the people and before Israel, and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgag. So Samuel's like, bring me the king of the Amalekites. I'm going to, and he, and he does what was supposed to be done. And he slaughters the king himself. Two verses. Then Samuel went to Rumah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. So from this point on, Samuel's not going to visit and speak to Saul again until the day of his death. All from an act of disobedience. Let that be a lesson to us. Let me beat the horse, that I, the dead horse that I beat every time we do a podcast anymore. Actions matter. Actions matter. And according to the story that we just read, direct disobedience to a command or a decree given by God comes with great consequences. You know, God doesn't give a command or tell somebody to do something willy-nilly just for the sake of doing it. There's a purpose, and there's consequences to that disobedience. I pray that this has spoken to your heart this morning, and I pray that it's blessed you in the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Thank you for supporting the podcast week after week, month after month. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.